0: This is Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness.
1: Gets the snap, hands off to Jacob, stutters to the right, First through the hole, 20, 25, 30, he's off to the races here in Seattle, nobody's going to catch him, 25, 20, 10, ball game, bye bye Josh, 86 yards in overtime to walk it off for a second straight week, touchdown Raiders! Victory, Las Vegas! I have nothing to say. Oh, it's just an ISO lead. It's a
2: beautiful run. You called it right up the middle. Oh, my goodness. Let's go home. (laughs) Boom!
0: Live from the Underground Lounge at the Oyo Hotel and Casino, this is Unnecessary Roughness. Here's your boy Q.
3: Man, I wonder how Jason Horowitz is going to do after the season. He's had some tough losses, you know, in his first year being the play-by-play voice of the silver and black. He's had some real tough losses. I remember after the Cardinals game, that awful loss at home, I remember he texted me probably about two three hours after the game and said, is this what it feels like to be a part of Raider Nation? He's like, man, because I just have that bad feeling, and you know, and it's like he's, he was so, I don't want to say depressed, that's probably the wrong word, but just that, oh, man, that really happened type feeling. And, of course, they've had some other tough losses. And now, last two weeks in a row, they've had walk-off wins. So he's gone from, instead of the highs being the high and then the lows, he's gone from the lows, 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 and now he's going back up with the highs, highs, highs. Boy, by the end of the season, he's going to need a vacation just to have a vacation, right? He's going to be like, man, I need to take some time off. This uh, this, Raider, this Raider lifestyle is, is new to him. So, uh, yeah, he's being introduced uh, in a major way this year. But uh, Jason does a fantastic job on the call. We definitely appreciate him, and I think he's going to be joining JT the Brick, I think, tomorrow, so you can definitely tune into that to listen to Jason Horowitz. Got plenty of calls, texts, tweets coming in. My man Quick said, Q, ain't no way I could believe that this team is starting to figure it out. We let Geno Smith hang 34 on us. We have multiple turnovers and more questionable coaching. Raider Nation needs to do more than pump their brakes. They need to be realistic, and I think that that's fair because they did, you know, the Raiders did give up 34 points. Ten of them were off of turnovers, which is something that Quick pointed out. But my response was, that's fair enough. I think that they look like they're understanding their assignments and their expectations, which I I fully believe that. Is there work to be done? Absolutely. Defensively, they've got to get better players. They've got to get better uh, discipline. They're still leaving the middle of the field wide open. And this week against the Chargers, that's going to be a big deal. But I'll tell you, from what I saw yesterday, they at least look more comfortable in what they're doing. And getting uh, some pressure – up the gut from a Andrew Billings, from a Bilal Nichols, from a Jerry Tillery, from a Cleve Farrell, that makes a difference. How many years have we been screaming that we want to see the Raiders get pressure from up the gut? And it doesn't happen often, but it happened on Sunday, and it helps. And it helps a guy like Max. Chandler Jones didn't register a sack, but I thought he had a damn good game. I really did. I thought Chandler Jones did well, even without – registering the sack i know we got a few people waiting on hold and want to get to them so let me go ahead and hit the phone lines at 702-365-9200 eddie in la you're up first what's on your mind eddie
4: What's going on q yep being a raider fan that ain't for the faint of heart you really really got to be invested in this team because you go from highs to highs and lows to lows to lowest week to week baby that's just how it kind of goes right it uh, piggybacking on what you just said uh, about whoever is the Texans, you need to pump your brakes. I, I don't think so. I, I, I think we need to understand what we've been witnessing the last two weeks is them growing within not only the offense, but also growing into the defense. Yes, they let Gino you know, go over 300 yards, 34 points. Right, that's bad defense. We understand that. But we knew the defense was, 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 was going to be hurting us all year. But them making big plays, yeah. at opportune times, that's infectious. That's something that you, you start seeing this team make week after week, and that's what they've doing for two weeks in a row. Now, you know, that doesn't say that that's, that's they're going to go on a run and then finish the season, uh, you know, with a winning streak. we got a lot of games up, and especially the most important one coming to Chargers. Where we need to get a revenge on. But we've talked about this many times before in the last couple of weeks. I, we wanted to see them grow. We wanted to see them get better from week to week. And I think these two weeks, we're starting to see that. One of my biggest fears has always been with Josh John, with John McDaniels is him losing the locker room. I was wrong. Boy, I was real wrong. And them buying in at this point and the way they're playing, hey, that's what we got to buy into. That's, we, we don't know where it's going to end up. we got to wait to the end of the season. I, I'm, right, I'm with you with Jacobs. I want him to stay a Raider. But, again, we got to wait till the end of the season. we got to see how things play out and where they're going. But, man, it, it, it what a game. What a, Being a Raiders fan, you go from being a heart attack five minutes to <laughs> being completely disappointed the next to being on top of the world. Baby, Raider Nation, stay up.
3: There he goes. That's uh, Eddie in L.A. Thank you for the call, my man. And, again, I think that there was uh, a lot to like about what I saw. There was obviously a lot to, they still have to clean up offensively and defensively, but there was still a lot that they – that they showed on Sunday, including, and I go back to Derek Carr, including him not folding and the team not folding when he throws two early interceptions. They easily could have said, oh, it's going to be one of those days. You know who said it was going to be one of those days? I did. As soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, damn, it's going to be one of those days. They could have done the same thing. They could have tucked their tail in between their legs and folded. They didn't. They kept fighting, kept fighting, kept fighting, created a couple turnovers and got back in the game, and the defense did just enough to help them win that game. Metallic Black, Pacific Northwest, you're up next. What's on your mind, brother?
1: Hey, you. How's it going, man?
3: Blessed. How are you?
1: I'm good. Hey, I'm still recovering from a temporary hearing loss last night and uh losing my voice still. Perfect. So, what could go wrong? Man, <laughs> man, so i tell you what. I'm glad you uh, mentioned about Foster Moreau and Derek Carr. I think they, they're going to get the game ball from me, being in that game, watching that live last night. So that two mistakes that Derek Carr made, the two interceptions, I'm glad we only gave 10. So be honest with you, the nation showed up, but it sucked the wind out of it when Raider Nation or, or when Derek Carr made those two mistakes. And, uh, Foster Moreau had a crucial catch and he dropped that one on his chest. So I'm like, man, this is going to be one of those days, right? Yep. And then Foster Moreau revealed his game. He caught that, that tying game or tying points at the very last two minutes of the game. So I thought Derek Carr and Foster Moreau deserved those game balls, man.
3: Thank you. Thank you for the call. Great stuff, man. And, yeah, uh, you know, Foster, he he stuck with it. He didn't hang his head. And that's the thing. Adversity is going to happen. Bad plays are going to happen. You're going to make mistakes. But instead of hanging your head and, and thinking about the last play that wasn't good, you have to clear that and get back to doing what you do. If he doesn't clear that, he doesn't catch that ball in the end zone to tie the game. He just doesn't because he wasn't having a great game. And, again, he, he said it himself. He admitted, hey, I got to get on the jugs machine. I got to be better than that. He absolutely does. So, you know, there's other guys that I'd like to point out. Jerron Harmon almost came up with his third interception of the season. Again, in the right place at the right time, just wasn't able to secure the ball. Trayvon Merrick, I know we give him a bad time because he, he's taken a step back. I thought he had a good game on Sunday. He probably should have came up with an interception. He didn't. It was a little high. But he, he broke up a pass to DK early in the in the game. I thought that was good. He looked more comfortable. Again, not where he needs to be. Got a lot of work to do, but he looked more comfortable. I can only – I don't want to just like everything has to be perfect before I give anybody props. I can give someone props for getting better and getting better and getting better. Let's go out to uh, New Jersey and talk to our guy Mitch. Mitch in New Jersey, what's on your mind, brother?
4: Joe, sure, how you doing? Happy holidays to you and your family.
3: Yes, sir. You too.
4: Yeah. He's almost five months, my grandson. What a solid kid. Um, you know, there were so many good games yesterday. It was amazing. It seems like with Jacobs, it seems like, I mean, the last five games, the first five games of the year, it wasn't that good. But these last five games, it's been pretty awesome. It's like that kid, the quarterback for the Chess, White. He threw more touchdowns yesterday than um, Wilson had the whole year, second pick in the draft. Some teams just can't get it right. And one more thing, but some things I got to you' feeling that the are don't let Jacobs go and sign, steal, his foul. Tell me I'm wrong, too, please. <laughs> All
3: right. Thank you for the call, my man. Thank you for the call. I, I, I don't know. I, I, think that, I think that Jacobs is back. No, no, I just don't think you can let him go. I think you do what you have to do to go ahead and hold hold on to him. Now, if it were to get into some kind of bidding war and they get up there like when we were, had Michael Giannetti on, he's talking about, you know, $16 million. I don't see that at all. But if they can get him in around $12 million, $13 million, I don't see why not. Even if that's a one-two punch with Zamir White, let's not mention, forget the couple runs that he had back-to-back when J.J. took a, a couple snaps off. Looked pretty good, right? That looked like a pretty good one-two punch right there. Let Josh Jacobs kind of loosen everybody up, then all of a sudden Zamir hits him with the – the hammer real quick, and he has, some, he has some quicks, man. He was all right. That looks like a nice little one-two combo. You know, I, I know Josh Jacobs has basically been the, work, the workhorse all season long, but even if they don't take that approach next year and they just have a, a more even balance, I think that those two players working off of each other would be a nice little combo. So I, I don't think my gut feeling tells me he's back next year, but that's just my gut feeling. Let's go out to the phone lines one more time, talk to our guy, Raider Mac. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother?
5: What up, Q? What up? What up, what up, Demond? Hey, how you guys doing, man? Good. Last. I hope everything good. You guys had a good Thanksgiving and everything, and uh, your family enjoyed it. Hey, uh, Q, first, first thing I, I want to say is that, you know, I've, I've come on the show when we have lost, when we have won, and I always say just, just keep an even keel after a win or after a loss. Yep. And I think we, we, we played well in spurts on both offense and defense. Yep. But the key was that offensive line. I, we gave the offensive line a lot, of, a lot of banging throughout the throughout the beginning of the season. But, man, they put on the show yesterday. I know Jack Jacobs deserved the, the, the game ball, but you, you, you don't run for those kind of yards rushing without your offensive line blocking. Agreed. Agreed. And that fullback, our fullback, he, on that key um, run for the 86 yards, yep. he was blocking well. And – I'm 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 going to give some props to your boy Trayvon Merrick, <laughs> yesterday. I he he did well. He still he still got a long way to go, but like yep. you say, you you got to give him props cuz he, he 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 was he was there to make a play even though he didn't make it, but he he made a couple of plays that 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 that's good. But my last thing is I know everybody happy with the win, but this could have went sideways. Here's my biggest thing with Josh, um, Josh McDaniels is that that fourth and inches, why would you pitch the ball? Why don't you just do a quarterback sneak? And I know this is um, overreaction Monday or Monday quarterback and all that stuff people are going to say. But at the end of the day, you, you you can't do that next week, this week coming against the Chargers because they're going to score and we're going to score on them because their defense, run the ball. They they gave up 120 yards to Connor. come on, man. What do you think Jacob's going to do? And my last thing, Q, is this. The defensive backfield without Harmon. Man, Harmon has been a a blessing, man. He's been great. And, uh, you know, hey, NFL, a win is a win. No matter how you win the game, it's better than a loss. I tell you that. It feels real good. Thanks, Q. All
3: right, thank you, my man. I appreciate you. And I'll tell you what, uh, it makes it a whole lot easier to turn on SportsCenter when you know what's coming, right? (laughs) When, when Josh Jacobs running 86 yards for a win is the lead on SportsCenter, boy, it makes it easy to keep it on ESPN. And I know, I work for him, but to hear to hear ESPN talking about the Raiders is like, okay, cool, right? When I turn on and I'm listening to Barton Hahn and I'm hearing Bart say, oh, man, you got to take care of that guy, Josh Jacobs. Look what he's done. I mean, it's, it's refreshing instead of hearing the constant – just hammering and hammering and hammering. And, look, again, like you said, Raider Mac, they've got a long way to go. You don't want to overreact and give them too many flowers because, again, look, there's two weeks in a row they've gone to overtime. You've got to find a way to win in regulation too. You know, I'm not knocking the win, but you've you got to find a way, especially when you have opportunities to put a team away, you've got to do it. You know, But I do give them a lot of credit for being able to get it done you know when adversity strikes. So, uh, yeah, the, these guys again—they got ways to go. But it's a lot easier to work on your issues that you have when you're coming off a win than it is to work on your issues when you're having a L and a L and a L and a L. Let's go out to uh, Berkeley. Talk to our guy Raider Fish. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother?
2: Oh, oh, oh. Hey. I'm going to accentuate the positives today, baby. Wednesday, Thursday, we can talk about the stuff that went wrong and all that. But my goodness, what a! We got to talk about the positives first. I got to tip my cap to the flock, the the seagull nation. The, oh, the twelve, the twelve people. Okay, they were very gracious in their loss. Everybody around me, I was surrounded by the nation. But there was a few Sea Hag fans around me up there in the kingdom, and I got to tip my cap. They were loud and proud, and they were gracious. Hey, uh, attitude is a reflection of leadership. And our leader, our leader went down. He got the air knocked out of his tire, okay? He gave up the rock two times, although one uh, went off the aisle of Foster Moreau, who I'll get to in a minute. But my goodness, did we respond, and he led the way, okay? He took a, a small L in the first quarter, and like we used to say, it don't matter if you begin, to win, as long as you win, win it in, and that's exactly what happened. JJ and JJ and them and them, because you had Yakup the cement truck with the lead block. Like I told, I know you don't want me to tell you. I told you, but Q, I got to. I said we was gonna run that thing for two hundred yards, and so we did. Hey, you and me, we got a streak going, baby. Hey, we're two and zero as far as you let me come on and make the... The fish diction, not the prediction. Hey, I'm juiced. I'm about to go to the airport. I'm leaving. I'm leaving Washington. And I love this state because every time we come here, we win. Starting yesterday. Go Raiders. Raiders. <laughs> oh, that was
3: great. Raider fish at Berkeley. Feeling good about himself. About to make his way back to uh Back to Cali at the airport, man. Good stuff, and uh, yeah, you gotta give. There's a lot of credit you gotta give around. And uh, Jakob Johnson, I'm glad uh, multiple folks, including Lady Raider 559, she tweeted and said, "I'd give a game ball to Jakob Johnson. He was absolutely pancaking dudes to create lanes for Jacobs." And you're right. Let's not let's not get it twisted, man. You do not run for 229 yards without an offensive line and a hell of a fullback doing what they're supposed to do. It does not happen. I don't care who you are. I don't care what running back you are in the history of running backs. You do not do that if you don't have your offensive line uh, handling their business, going, uh, you know, uh, run block in the way that they did. And you also don't do that if you have guys consistently getting penalties when you have big runs, something that was driving me crazy from the last few games, all the penalties that the Raiders had. They really didn't have that many penalties on uh, on Sunday, which was a very – pleasant stat to see and to see them not get penalized the way that they were i mean 50 yards that's not bad now the seahawks they did a lot better with two penalties only 10 yards but and they had a couple that they probably should have been called for but 50 yards is a lot better than the 98 yards or 99 yards that the raiders had the week before i'll I'll, uh, i'll take that one and say that that's an improvement it still has to get better but it's better than what it was the last few weeks. 420 is the time. We're at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. When we come back, you'll hear from head coach Josh McDaniels. Plus, you'll hear Josh Jacobs. My conversation with him, I had April 24, 2019, before the Raiders drafted him. The night before the Raiders drafted him, you'll hear that conversation as well. It's Radio Nation Radio, 920.
5: There was a strange moment yesterday when it appeared one of the Seahawks players joined the play from the bench. I mean... Have you seen that happen before? And I guess it didn't matter to the play necessarily in the end, but how how does, I guess, does the league talk to you guys and say, sorry, we missed that, or how, <laughs> does, how does that kind of work?
6: We're the Raiders. I, mean, <laughs> I it, You know, um, yes, I saw the play. Um, no, I've never seen anything like that before. Um, I mean, <clears throat> I think he went out there to, like, celebrate, and then he ended up making a couple blocks there to try to help his buddy. You know, um, yeah, they, they missed the call. Um, clearly, uh, that, that should have been a penalty. Um, but I'll leave that at that.
7: that. Was that your River Raiders moment, though? Was that, was that it?
6: I've had multiple of those.
7: <laughs>
8: this is Unnecessary Roughness. Here's your boy Q.
7: I thought
3: that was an awesome answer right there from head coach Josh McDaniels. I said it early in the season that I felt like he was really embracing the fact of being a Raider and not just being a head coach but being a Raiders head coach. And when he gave that answer, and that was Adam Hill from the RJ and also our sister station ESPN Las Vegas that asked him the question. I've seen a lot of videos floating around Twitter of the – number 52 for the Seahawks that ran onto the field. And make no mistake, he wasn't running on the field because he was going to, oh, I'm going to cheat, and I'm going to spring this guy, and Diggs is going to take it to the house. It was an interception. Diggs hits the ground, so he thought the play was over, and prematurely he ran out there. And, no, it's not okay that they missed it, but they missed it. But I thought it was cool that Josh McDaniels, the way he plays it off, was, yeah, we're the Raiders. What do you? I mean, that if that didn't – you know, and I know everyone's not a big Josh McDaniels fan for whatever reason. Uh, most of it, 99.9% of it has to do where he comes from, New England. That's fine. But if that didn't kind of get a little bit of warm spot in your heart when you hear him, that's his answer, is we're the Raiders. Then, you know, then there's just no hope for you, uh, you know, being, you know, liking him at all and outside of him, you know, winning a Super Bowl in the next year or so. But And then maybe even not then. Maybe he'll be like, oh, yeah, but I don't know. But I thought that that was really cool from – uh Josh McDaniels when he said that. and You heard it was a pretty funny laugh that we had in the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, a little uh, media media session that we had with head coach Josh McDaniels a little earlier today. Uh, still on the way, I got some sound from Max Crosby, Josh Jacobs, Lee Sterling on tonight's Monday Night Football game. We got a lot to get to, but I did want to play a little bit of uh, a couple sound bites from his his press conference today uh, that we did have it was normally around 10:30, but it got pushed back to 11:45. So uh, here's Hickos Josh Daniels as he just came into the room and you know studied the film from what he saw from the night before and just kind of gave him his assessment on the game as the Raiders won 40 to 34.
6: Well, after watching the tape. Um the, you know i think the effort and the uh the way the guys competed uh throughout the whole entirety of the game uh stood out uh, we we certainly uh, were far from perfect uh in all three phases so um still a lot to learn from a lot to improve on um i think that's the the great part is you know you a battle and fight and um, scratch and claw and, and come away with a victory and a tough place to play against a good team. It's re- really well coached and uh, still there's a lot of things we can improve on and get better from. So um, just, you know, I think it's uh, our guys have really kind of, I think, figuring out kind of how they need to play together in all three phases, um, you know, we, you know, we had some complimentary football swings there where we did some good things together, and then uh, we also did some things where we put the other side in a disadvantage. So um, there's there's some things to learn from there as, as well. But when we play well together in all three phases, we really try to you know give ourselves an advantage as best we can. And um, there was some good situations there yesterday that came up. So um, guys earned the day off and. Um, you know, we'll get – obviously get rolling here on the Chargers.
3: <clears throat> guys earned a day off, and yet there was still plenty of cars in the parking lot, plenty of guys in there getting treatment, plenty of guys in there doing – working on their own, plenty of guys there at the facility even though they earned a day off, including Mad Max Crosby. And I'm sure Josh Jacobs was looming around the building somewhere. You know, if it wasn't uh, in the building, he was resting that calf up, you know, or whatever the case may be, definitely taking care of himself. So – uh, I know that after the game on Sunday, Josh McDaniels described Josh Jacobs as a football player, but I had to I had to ask him, you know, with everything that's going on, everything he's done this season for the team on the field, what he means in the locker room to those players, the way that he doesn't want to come out of games, even banged up, not knowing an hour before the game if he was going to play or not, you know, what does that mean? What has he learned about Josh Jacobs, the man?
6: Yeah, a lot. Um, you know, he cares about winning. He's very unselfish um he'll do whatever we ask him to do. Um like I said, I've said this many times, he practices great. Uh mo- most I would say this. Uh the great players that I've been around, you know, they're they're that way for a reason and they love football. Um they study it, they prepare hard, they practice like they're playing. Um and they're durable, they're out there every day. Um they're available for their team and I mean that's what that's what this guy is, you know, and he's tough as they come. Uh, takes a lot of hits. Keep keeps coming. Plays his best in the second half, uh, almost almost every week. Um, so there's like I said, I'm running out of terms here. But um, when you describe somebody as a football player, I mean that's what he is, um, you know, and and so uh, he knows how I feel about him.
3: There you go. Head coach Josh McDaniels talking about Josh Jacobs and what he means to him. Uh, you know, what he means to the team, what he means to that locker room. And I, I think it's just really deep. And that's why we had Mark McMillan on uh, earlier in the show, former NFL defensive back. When you have a guy like that in your locker room, what does that mean? You know, what, what, is, what does that do for the rest of the players? I think that's a big deal. That locker room culture is a real thing. Uh, the interior part of the Raiders defensive line, it was able to get pressure. Andrew Billings got uh, uh, two, two half sacks creating one sack. Bilal Nichols got a half sack. Right. Jerry Tillery did a really good job. So I asked Coach McDaniels about Billings, the interior pressure, and also the health of Andrew Billings, who left the game with a lower a lower body issue and uh, had to be carted off. So here's McDaniels talking about the interior and also the health of Billings.
6: I think it'll be okay. I think it'll be okay. He got banged up on the leg, but uh, nothing structural. Um, I think that, you know, we, we kind of talked a lot last week about the, the pressure in the middle was really going to be important for us in general. And I thought, uh, you know, JT and and Billings and Nickel. I mean, they all kind of showed up at one point or another um, in the pass rush. And so, you know, everybody focuses so much on our two ends, you know, and deservedly so. But I think the the inside guys being able to create some pressure, or even the the wall that's built inside, so that the quarterback can't go forward and then get out of the way from the two ends. I think it all kind of plays together and. As I said before, those guys are all learning how to play with one another. You know, Whether it's a, the, the four of them in a pass rush or a game on one side or another, that's something that we keep working on because I think we can make progress in that area. Again, JT's only been, been here a couple of weeks, and you know, so he working with, whether it's Chandler or Max on the edge or Klee, um, you know, being able to, to operate in those types of situations is important, but it definitely showed up on the film. When we got middle pressure on him, those are some of our best plays.
3: It really is, and that's something that's so critical not only for that game against Seattle, but moving forward, the Raiders have to find a way to get pressure in the interior consistently. If there's one area I'd love to see the Raiders address this offseason, it's the interior of that defensive line. Get a dominant defensive tackle. Get a dominant nose tackle. Whatever the case, whatever you want to call it, however you want it to look, whatever's going to make your scheme go, go get that guy. Right? I mean, you've just got to have a big Vince Wilfork in there. You've got to have one of those dominant dudes. You've got to have you, uh, you know, a, a Chester McLaughlin. You have to have a Daryl Russell. You have to have one of those dudes that, one, when they walk onto the field, they know they're the baddest cat on the field, and they're going to show you. And that's how those dudes did back in the day. That's exactly what they did. I forget the, the dude's – I forget his name, and I know him. From Seattle. I know him very well. But Seattle had one of them big dudes, <laughs> right? Hey, Seattle had one of them big cats, man. Every time I looked at that dude, I was like, damn, he's big and dominant. And man, I know who, I, I hate that I forget his name. But he showed up. He showed up yesterday for the Seahawks. The Raiders got to find one of those cats. They've got to be able to get consistent pressure from the interior. I know Aaron Donalds just don't grow on trees. I get that. Right, so you can't just say, oh, we'll go get one of those dudes. Yeah, no doubt. Every team would have a couple of them if they, if they did. You can't always get that guy, but you've got to be able to get somebody. Man, I can't – I hate that I can't remember. It wasn't Puna for – Al Woods. Wasn't Al Woods? Isn't that who I'm talking about? Yeah, Al Woods, big number 99. That dude. Look at this guy's measurables. And this is, this is I think, generous. Six 6'4", 330. That dude looked on Sunday every bit about 350. <laughs> I don't know if it was the jersey. I don't know if it was the pads. I don't know what it was, but that dude was an absolute monster. We actually had a call about him earlier because he was that cat out of LSU. Man, he, they need to find a dude like that, someone who could be that big. And Andrew Billings has done a good job. And for the first time this season was able to actually get to the quarterback, I thought that was pretty impressive. This is unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Wanted to get into the last two defensive drives. The Raiders had to have stops; they got stops. What did Joshua Daniels have to think say about that?
6: We had to tighten the coverage down. You know what I mean? I mean those situations are are ones where you know if you give up too much, you know you're gonna you're gonna give up points. You know a field goal would have won the game. You know potentially, and so. um you know I thought our guys really did a good job of trying to get on them tight I thought the rush was um, you know was was really as good as we we could ask for it to be under pressure uh, max obviously stood up you know in the in the big situations which um, you know that's that's what you know you need your best players to do and uh, thought he really did a good job they were trying to chip him a little bit and he still worked around that and navigated that too so I think anytime you're in that type of a situation it kind of is the rush has to give the coverage an opportunity and the coverage has to give the rush an opportunity. It can't be one or the other. You know, if the coverage is too soft, the ball's out, and the rush never gets there and vice versa. So I thought we played pretty good complimentary defense.
3: There you go. There's Josh Daniels talking about the last two drives when the Raiders had to have stops and they got stops and everyone had to do their part or else they wouldn't get those stops in. And then the Seahawks could uh, end up walking it off with their own little field goal. And that opportunity didn't happen because the Raiders' defense really uh, bunkered down now this was a, 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 a play that happened or a sequence that happened that I know a lot of Raider Nation including myself was not happy about that was at the end of the first half instead of taking an extra shot to the end zone uh, he called out Daniel Carlson to kick a field goal and as I was watching the game I thought man there's enough time you probably could take another shot to the end zone he decided not to and he was asked about it today and I thought he gave a great thorough answer on what the decision went what went into the decision to kick that field goal
6: I think we got the ball with, um, I don't know, a little over five minutes to go in the second quarter. And, um, you know, some teams have a philosophy they just, you know, just play offense. Some teams uh, want to try to secure the last possession of the, of the quarter, if you could. Um, we, we happened to make that decision, and we wanted to try to go ahead and finish uh, the half with the ball and try to score some points. Um, that particular scenario, when we use our last timeout, I want to say it was 14 seconds. Okay, so it's 14 seconds. Um, actually, it was 21 seconds. I think he scrambled, right? Uh, so it's 14 seconds, and we're at the 13 or 14 yard line. Um, no timeouts. So it, you're, you're really, if you throw it short, there's really no change in the accuracy of the field goal. So throwing it short underneath would have done nothing other than force us into a scramble situation to try to clock the ball to give Daniel the same opportunity to kick it. If So if that decision's out of the way, which it was, um, you have one other choice, which is to throw it to the end zone. We attempted that on first down. They covered it decent. They were back there. They knew that, you know, it's really throw it in the end zone or kick a field goal uh, type of scenario. And with 14 seconds left, I just felt like, you know, we could take a shot here and throw one up for grabs. There's not a a multitude of plays that I love from the 15-yard line when the defense knows the ball's going into the end zone and all their eyes are going to be on the passer. And so, you know, if something happens in the pass rush and you give up a sack, half ends. If you throw the ball up for grabs and somebody on their team ends up coming down with it, half ends, you have no points. So I really just made the decision that I felt like, you know, let's just take the three now. it's probably the most likely scenario anyhow. Um, I would say across the National Football League, you know, there's not many where you're going to throw it in the end zone from the 15 there. Um, and the defense is going to give it up. So, um, you know, that's a decision I made. That's why I made it.
3: So there you go. Very detailed answer on why he chose to kick the field goal with about, you know, 14 seconds left in the half. And uh, it's something that as I'm watching the game, I didn't like. I thought, hey, take a shot in the end zone. But I do understand and. In- and appreciate the explanation behind it, at least what, what was going on through his mind in making that decision. Doesn't mean you have to agree with it, doesn't mean I have to agree with it, but at least there's a reason behind there's a method to the madness, right? You can always say that you 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 don't like something, but at least listen to the reasoning behind. And I do think that when he says there's not a lot of plays I enjoy from the fifteen going throwing the ball into the end zone, knowing that everyone's got all eyes on the quarterback, that actually makes a lot of sense. Now I'm, of course. If you need a touchdown, you need a touchdown. So uh, the Raiders obviously didn't need a touchdown at that point. It would have been nice, but it made sense. Again, you don't have to agree with it. I'm not playing that and saying anything so you agree with it. I'm just saying, okay, this is why he did what he did and he called what he called. So at least I could appreciate the explanation behind it. Now, I know one call that nobody, and this will be the final one, we'll wrap up with this one. The final, this sound bite is from Josh McDaniels and the decision to have the fourth and inches play be a pitch to Josh Jacobs instead of a quarterback sneak like I think everyone in America uh, thought was going to happen. And that's okay. You know, the dominance of the offensive line, the run blocking that they had on Sunday, even if everyone and their mother knows that a quarterback sneak is coming, doesn't mean that they can stop it. Tom Brady made a living off of years on top of years on top of years of getting that that inch. Derek Carr could do that. He did it multiple times against Denver the first time uh, in week four at Allegiant Stadium. So here's Joshua Daniels' thoughts on the fourth and inches play.
6: No, I got to, you know, that's a, we had multiple calls there, but I, you know, it was a, it was a kind of a pick your poison kind of deal, whether you wanted to go inside or outside and uh, I got to do a better job on that. But no, I, I I think he would tell you he would, he would go inside, you know, that wouldn't have been an issue. Um, You know, like I said, he got, got the kind of the wind knocked out of him there, but I think he'll, he would have been fine doing it.
3: And what he was saying no to was, you know, was Derek Carr too banged up to, to sneak the ball? And he was saying, no, that's not the case at all. He's just got to do a better job on the play call. And I I think that that's that's obvious, right? I I mean, obviously, uh, you go back on Monday and look at it and say, yeah, no doubt he should have had a quarterback sneak. But I think it was obvious on Sunday he should have been a quarterback sneak. He just decided to go with, hey, the pitch worked once, going to do it again. And I knew when they pitched it, I was like, man, I don't have a good feeling about that one. You know, it just did not look good, especially the way that Seattle defended that play. That one had to be a quarterback sneak, and that's got to be a quarterback sneak. If if Derek sneaks it and doesn't get it, you tip your cap to the Seahawks and say, okay, they weren't able to pick up inches. That's a really stout defense. But when you pitch it and make a guy run seven yards to pick up inches, that's not – that's that's not the kind of scenario I want, and I think that Josh McDaniels would not make that call again if put in that situation. 4.41 is the time. We're at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. When we come back, you'll hear from Josh Jacobs. You'll hear from Max Crosby. Not necessarily in that order, but you'll hear from both those guys as we close out the show. It's Radio Nation Radio 920.
8: Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Q.
3: is the time. We're at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. We're going to try to close this out really strong, even though we'll be here until at least 6 o'clock as Monday Night Football is coming up. The Colts and the Steelers will give you a little bit of sound on uh, on the line for tonight's game and where Lee Sterling is uh, leaning, who he thinks going to win it. But before we get to any of that, I want to take you back inside the Raiders locker room following their victory. Mad Max Crosby uh, picked up a sack and a half. He was a fantastic uh, player all throughout the game. Played every single snap. He has ten and a half sacks on the season, a career high. So here's Max Crosby in the Raiders locker room following the win.
8: That game pretty much had a little bit of everything. Um, how fun was it to be in a game like that, especially obviously the way it comes, the way, the way you finish it up.
0: Yeah, that's the best. That's what you work for, you know, all year round. Coming into great environments, you know, like Seattle, and um, especially coming out with a win, you know. It's a full team effort. So many guys stepping up in big moments, and it uh, was an incredible experience for sure. Two straight walk-offs in overtime. Um, <laughs> yeah. First, you guys got to do your job defensively, obviously, to, to help that. When you miss
8: the field goal in overtime, are you guys on the sidelines going, "Okay, we're gonna we're gonna take care of this and go back to the offense"?
0: We had no other option. You know, we had to get them off the field. And, uh, there were some ups and downs in the game, but we believed in you know our guys. We were confident. We were cool um, in the biggest moment. You could just tell guys believed and um, we stepped up. So it was a Big moment for sure. When you're watching uh, 28 take it to the house, <laughs> what's going through your mind right there? I seen him hit the ball and I was running on the field. I think before he got in the end zone. So, so proud of him. You know, he people. You know, he wasn't even supposed to play. Yeah.
5: And, uh, the fact that
0: he comes out and has 300 yards, the dude is a different animal. Unbelievable. First team All Pro. Different. Have you you ever played here have, in Seattle? What did get Never the played here before. No. What did they think of the atmosphere and everything? Like that? It was incredible. One of the best atmospheres in the league. You know, fans were amazing. Uh, everything was. You know. As expected or better, you know, everybody talks about this environment, and uh, it was great. And then coming out with a win, that you know, we talked about it all week, coming out of uh, Seattle, you know, a good-ass team and getting a win, uh, there's nothing better.
3: There you go, Max Crosby in the locker room following the game, and I know that some question, you know, the 34 points that Seattle was able to put up, but you heard Max Crosby at the end there, good-ass team. They are tied for first. Well, they were tied for first in the NFC West. Think about that. With Geno Smith as their quarterback, a guy that no one ever thought would guide them to first place. They're a first-place team that the Raiders went on the road into their home hostile environment in Seattle and found a way to get a dub, led by running back Josh Jacobs. Before the show gets wrapped up, I want to take you back to 2019, April 24th to be exact, Nashville, Nissan Stadium, where the Tennessee Titans play. It was media availability for all the guys that were going to be in the green room, and I targeted – running back Josh Jacobs, who at the time was not a Raider. He was an Alabama running back. Here's that conversation.
7: Here with Alabama running back Josh Jacobs. and Josh, what's this whole experience been like? I mean, it's the day before the draft now. What are you feeling? How's this all been?
9: Uh, This experience has been great, man. I mean, the thing that I'm feeling the most is just soaking up the moment. and um, trying to be as stress-free as possible. Is that something that
7: the Alabama guys have told you, the Mark Ingrams, the Nick Saban, just everyone who's come before you like, just soak in this moment, enjoy
9: it. I mean, yeah, and it's just a testament to me, like, my life, um, just to be in this position, it's is huge for me. So it's like, regardless of how I play out, my life's to change. So what is there for me to be stressing about, you know what I'm saying? What is the
7: conversations like with your dad? Because I know you have, you know, everything that you've been through like, in your life, like you mentioned, I mean, you you know, going and sleeping in the car and stuff like that. I mean, what is the conversation like with your dad right before this stage?
9: It's humbling. He gets more emotional than I do um, because he sacrificed so much for me to be here. And, I mean, he's believed in me before I even believed in myself. I mean, so just just to let him be allowed to be a part of this this environment and this process with me, I mean, it's huge. Is this,
7: uh, when you get to the league, whatever team you go to, I mean, is there something that you want to be known for, or is it something that you want to continue to grow? Like, do you, you know what I mean? Do you have something that you feel like you need to get better at, or are
9: you just going to be, like, a, a, a jack of all trades? Honestly, I'm my own business critic. Okay. I feel like I can improve on everything. I don't feel like I've reached my peak. I feel like it's a lot more in store for me, and I don't let nobody put limitations on what I can do and what I can't do. Um, But one of the biggest things, honestly, is just want to stay true to who I am and actually be one to give back to my community. I'm the first one that came out from from where I'm from to do anything on this type of level. Um, And even the people that's in Oklahoma that leaves don't really come back and do anything. So, I mean, that's that's probably the biggest thing, to to go back there and to show people, like, it's possible. Um, And not only change the culture of everything of the, of the city um, of the mindsets of people and things like that so i mean it's definitely huge so it sounds like what, whatever
7: team gets you is going to get on not only a stud on the field but also a, a guy that's going to represent off the field and, and be that example
9: for those guys back home honestly i feel like anything i do off the field is more important than anything i could ever do on the field don't get me wrong i love the game of football right. i love to I, I put everything into it but anything touching people's lives and stuff like that is, is bigger than running the ball down the field I mean so that's probably my thoughts about it all I mean just being in a position I said never having somebody to look up to I just want to be that for somebody I mean so that's huge for me any idea where you think you may be going tomorrow Honestly, I don't know. <laughs> I keep getting this question. I don't know. <laughs>
7: <laughs> well, I mean, with Marshawn retiring today, you know, all of a sudden all the, the headlines are, hey, you're going to go to the Raiders. Or the yeah, Raiders are going to need you. I see that.
9: I mean, I like Gruden. I talked to uh, Mayock and all of them out there. I mean, they, they have a great staff. Um, so it should be interesting. However it play out. Hopefully, I mean, if you go out there tax-free that next year, I mean, that's, <laughs> that, that sounds good to me. <laughs> you got your head all right. You're already <laughs> that, thinking about
7: keeping taking your finances. Yeah, of course. All right, well, good luck to you, my man. Thank you. There
3: he goes. That's April 24th, 2019, the day before the draft. Marshawn Lynch had just announced that he was going to, and I say in air quotes, retire. I don't know how much the Raiders retired him or how much Marshawn retired, but we do know the next day the Raiders selected Josh Jacobs with the number 24 overall pick, and the rest is history. And here we are all these years later, and now he's just set a franchise record with 303 total yards from scrimmage and a very humble dude talking about giving back to his community. That's Tulsa, Oklahoma. Not that many come out from there, and the ones that do don't really return to show the love, like Josh does. And and he says that, you know, being being a, a stand up dude off the field and to be an example for people off the field means just as much, if not more, to him, than it does his success on the field. So you got to respect a guy like that. I thought that was important to play that uh, that soundbite from him again back in 2019 uh, at the draft in in Nashville. Keith from Sonora hit us up on the text line said. Just saw on ESPN that Jacobs hit 20 miles an hour on the game-winning run. That's fast for a cat that had a calf injury. No joke. No joke. No doubt about that at all. Definitely appreciate that, uh, that text, Keith. Thank you so much for that. Now, as I mentioned, we're at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. We're here for Monday Night Football. The Colts, the Steelers. I know the Colts and the Steelers don't have great records. Total, they have seven wins amongst the two teams. But I think it's going to be a heck of a battle between Jeff Saturday, Mike Tomlin, the Colts' defense, the Steelers and their tenacity. So Lee Sterling for ParamountSports.com. We have him on the show each and every Friday. I do a podcast with him each and every day called Locked on Bets. And today this was our lock of the day. The Colts are two-and-a-half-point favorites versus Pittsburgh. How did Lee think this game was going to shake out?
8: Okay, so the storyline, number one storyline is Jeff Saturday. How can he continue to do being an inexperienced coach brought in in the middle of the season? Well, first two times, passed the test. They beat the Raiders, and even though they didn't beat the Eagles, gave them a really tough test that went right down to the wire. Now they're favored for the first time at home, and they're going to face the Steelers. Kenny Pickett, where's his development? Well, I think he's going to get there eventually, like I said eventually. He's not there yet. Not quite up to top levels reading defenses, even though they're trying to you know, speed up the process, but just three touchdowns and eight interceptions on the year. In fact, he's been sacked 14 times in the last three games. His offensive line, I think, is bottom five in the NFL. Jonathan Taylor starting to return to form. 231 rushing yards the last two weeks here. Now, T.J. Watt coming back on defense helps him out here, but uh, I still think Pittsburgh uh, They're just not getting enough production from the receivers. I mean, they'll make some great catches. I think Pickett might eventually be a nice number one, but he dropped some balls here. Johnson, Deontay Johnson, dropped some balls here. And also Matt Ryan has looked better the second time around being inserted as the starter here. We're going to lay the two-and-a-half points here. Level one lock to start the week. Indianapolis Colts tonight over the Pittsburgh Steelers on Monday Night Football.
3: There he goes right there. Level one lock from Lee Sterling. He says the Indianapolis Colts take the two and a half points. No worries. They're going to cover that, and they're going to knock off the Pittsburgh Steelers. Of course, Lee Sterling is our guest each and every Friday at 4.30. He missed this last Friday. Uh, he had something he had to do, so he wasn't able to catch up with us. But uh, he's a really good dude, and I definitely appreciate his efforts. So there you go. Uh, put a little twist to the to the end of the show. But, man, we got through a lot today, didn't we? Ed Graney from ESPN Las Vegas. Mark McMillan, former NFL defensive back. Michael Janitti, Spotrack.com. Josh Jacobs, pre-draft 2019. Max Crosby, Amir. Ab- oh, we didn't get Amir Abdullah. We'll do that tomorrow. Damon. Oh, we did? All right, we did. There you go. Damon, great job. I forgot but great job on the on the show man i appreciate you it's Radio Nation Radio 920